Good morning and welcome to Fashion Friday. Welcome to spring, I want to say. My goodness, I know it's been officially spring for some time, a few weeks now, but it's starting to finally not only feel like spring temperature-wise, but it's starting to look like spring. Thank God. Flowers are blooming. Things are much more green than they've ever been. Um, I like when I wake up in the morning or or I'm on my way out the door and I hear the landscapers, whether it's my house or a neighbor's house, I hear the mowing of the lawn. <laughs> that makes me happy. That means a lot of things. It signals fresh cut grass, which also means the grass was long enough to actually cut. And uh, of course, I always love the smell. So things are, are, are looking up. Things are also looking up for us in terms of this global pandemic. And I'm happy to say things are so slowly starting to return to normal. Dare I say the word normal? Because as we all know, there's pretty much sort of a new normal or there will be. Um, There's some big news in the retail world right now. And as I've been saying in these past few shows, how is COVID-19 going to affect the retail world? Just like how how is it impacting the restaurant, entertainment, sports, all of the above. Obviously, economics, we know it's deeply impacting. But um, since this is what I do for a living and I'm in the fashion industry, I've been talking and really paying close attention, talking to some of my peers about how things will change, how this will, you know, it's shape-shifting the the future and um, retailers and how we shop, not just as consumers, but for me, it's also part of my profession. Um, I don't necessarily shop for a living, although lots of people don't quite understand what I do and they they think that's what I do. (laughs) I'm okay with that, by the way. Um, It is a part of my job, sort of, kind of, sort of, is to, yes, uh, shop for someone, but I'm not a personal shopper and that's a whole nother show. So having said that, I am constantly in stores, be it um, looking for something, buying something, or a meeting with someone, um, checking out a new brand, um, you know, seeing how things are merchandised and what has hit the stores versus what has not. Because remember, I go to Fashion Week uh, twice a year and I get to see things that are on the runways. Not everything makes it to being mass produced and so on and so forth. But having said that, I've been thinking about, obviously, you know, my job and how things will change. And, you know, what does that mean? First of all, big news in the retail world, if you haven't heard, um, besides Macy's, J. Crew, Neiman Marcus, and obviously Bergdorf Goodman filed for bankruptcy. That's huge. Um, Bergdorf Goodman obviously is owned by Neiman, so not to make it sound like it's a separate entity, but it's not. It's owned by the the parent group. So, um, you know, what does that mean? First of all, my first reaction was, gosh, I love Neiman Marcus. I love it. I shop there occasionally, but I really love Bergdorf Goodman. And not so much because I'm such an avid shopper there. Yes, I've shopped there on occasion. It's a splurge. It's definitely um, something, you know, um, it's not on my re- weekly stop and it's certainly not in my weekly budget to shop there. However, I'm there quite often mainly for inspiration um, and or, or to eat, by the way. I love their restaurant on the top floor. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's an icon. I mean, it's it's to me, it's like a person almost. It's a, it's an institution. It's part of New York. It's to me what makes New York. I mean, that and the Carlisle Hotel are probably two of my absolute favorite places to go. That's classic New York. So when I first heard that, I said, okay, well, I get it. I understand. Um, it doesn't 
necessarily mean it's going out of business. And in this case, they say they're not, at least for Bergdorf's. I don't know what's happening with the Neiman's end of it. So, you know, often businesses very often use the bankruptcy thing to sort of shed, shed debt and other liabilities. And then, and then they come back stronger and they rebuild their business. Um, Neiman Marcus was already in trouble. They've been in trouble for years. Um, they were something like five $5 billion worth of debt uh, as of a year ago. Um, in 2017, they, they kind of put themselves up for sale, but they were never bought. So they kind of were already having some problems. I think they were on the, the, uh, the upswing of that before this pandemic has hit. So it will be interesting to see what happens. This, again, is the strain of the pandemic. Um, you know, I we can cross our fingers. I certainly hope they don't go out of business, regardless of whether I shop there or not. It's just, um, you know, what's happening. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, this certainly yet again in, impacts how we shop. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just something to think about. I think it's food for thought because this all of this is definitely shaping the way we shop, whether it's on a micro level or or it's a major level. I think um, to me, see, to me, here's how, how it goes. I think online shopping came along and yes, it absolutely changed the direction of retail. We started to see brick and mortars close up. Um, certain stores just would not make it in the new wave of online shoppers. Other stores were very smart and... Um, you know, they they understood and kind of saw the writing on the wall and said, oh, we need a strong online presence and inf- or inf- infrastructure. So I think that's important. I think you if you don't have you definitely need online presence to make it or infrastructure. And I think that basically online shoppers are the shoppers that used to go to the mall. So no one's going to the mall anymore. That has kind of, we've seen that the past several years. And to me, it's been parallel to online shopping. Uh, I'm not making a sweeping statement, but I am saying that I think the average customer that would go to the mall and kind of browse around, maybe you're going for something or a thing or two, maybe you're going for a specific sale, maybe you're just going to kill time. I mean, how many people did, I used to do that. You would go just to walk around when I was younger. Um, maybe it was a meeting place for your friends when you were a kid. Um, and because you're indoors, so you could go any time of year in any climate, in anywhere, or any part of the country. And it served as entertainment purposes as well. So, but to me, the average person that kind of went to the mall was usually browsing and you probably would go home with something in your hand, probably something you didn't need. But to me, that is now the online, the avid online shopper. So because you could do the same thing from the comfort of your home. So no, you can't touch it and feel it. And it certainly is a different experience. As I always say, you know, whether you're a fan or not, you can't deny it's much different to see it, feel it, touch it, try it on versus browsing through something in your home. So pros and cons of it, yes, there are certainly many of them. Um, but I think that really is the the mall person or the mall shopper then became the online shopper because you can, you can get lost in the black hole of, you know, um, the internet, especially shopping. <laughs> so it will be interesting to see where we go from here and how it will sort of affect us, how it will affect the way you shop. I think, you know, fashion used to be elitist, in my opinion, years ago, and then it became pop. And this all played into what we now kind of woven into the what 
what we now know as the fashion industry. Um, things are more accessible now. Things are also on the flip side. Things are also very watered down. Um, so depending how you look at it, there's kind of something for everyone now. Things are becoming much more affordable. Lots of collaborations have gone on. All of this, I think about this and I think, wow, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, this didn't exist. It was you either bought ready to wear, you know, off basically off the rack stuff, or you bought couture, which was handmade. Couture means handmade, hand sewn, um, you know, special pieces. So it was kind of one or the other. So in that sense, we've come much, much uh, uh, further and we, we, everybody can afford something and there's a knockoff of everything now um, or inspired by peace. So that's the good thing. Um, I don't know how this is going to affect shoppers though. So think about it. It's just food for thought. I mean, how will this whole COVID-19 change your habits once retailers open? That is my question to you. Just food for thought. Like I said, um, how will it change your habits? Because once we're able to go to stores and retailers fully open and you're okay with going, because you may not be okay with going at first. Will it change your habits? Will you frequent the, the you know, whatever store, whether it's Target or it's H&M or it's Bergdorf's, will you go to that store once they reopen? And how often will you go? And or will you say, eh, you know what, I can just look up online and see how, you know, what they have because you can with all, almost every single retailer. So think about that. I already know my answer. <laughs> you can guess. I'm going. <laughs> Listen, I, it's not just because it's what I do for a living. I have always been a fan of visual. So I need to see something in front of me. I need to experience the whole um, en masse, you know, the, absorb it. Not just, not just going and picking up a, an item. I need to see the presentation. I need to see how the store is merchandised. I need to hear the music, smell the smells, see the people, see the energy, feel the energy, see everything about it. How is this? It's not just like, oh, I walk in and I'm buying a shirt. No, I'm walking in I'm, and I'm having an experience and possibly buying a shirt or something else. So for me, it is about the experience. It is not just the purchase because yes, then I could just sit home and buy things online. Don't get me wrong. I do that too. <laughs> I reserve that for sleepless nights. Okay. Anyway, so having said all of that, I just, you know, again, I wonder how this will affect our shopping habits and, um, you know, will you shop in stores as much as you did before, if you did before? And, um, you know, what will, what will happen with these stores going bankrupt? Will they be able to turn their business around? Hopefully they will be. And, um, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of merging, a lot more merge. I do. I think stores will merge or brands will merge. Um, I think we'll see a lot more of that and a lot less of new stores opening up. So if there's a retailer, let's take Nordstrom, for example, tons of stores. I don't see, I don't think we'll see as many stores opening up. I think, I don't know if we'll see more stores closing necessarily, because I think they've kind of gone through that already uh, and hopefully not. Um, but I think we won't see as many stores opening and that's two different things. I mean, it's very, two very, very separate things as, as we have seen in the uh, recent, recent years. We hear about stores closing down, you know, oh, they've closed 50 of their stores, but yet they're opening up 10. 
Well, that's two very different uh, avenues. I, and I know that without, that's another show. That's a whole business conversation. Um, and I understand. I understand why that's different. And it's about uh, square footage and location and all that other stuff. So um, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how retailers sort of shape and and go forward. But hopefully they will still stay true to who they are if they can. Uh, a store like Neiman's, a store like Bergdorf's, my gosh, I can't imagine them really changing too much. They'll sort of stay true to their roots, um, you know, in, in, in who they are and, and what they are and the customers they serve. I think it's it's just something beautiful. It's a beautiful store. Um, talking specifically about Bergdorf's. And like I said, it's an experience. So, um, yeah, we hope for that. You know, it's a, it's a bit of fantasy as well. Um, it happens to be in my path when I go to my hairdressers. So it's about 10 steps away from where I get my hair done. So it's very easy for me to kind of meander over there. Oh, I've got 15 minutes to kill. Um, and, and, and I do. Um, sometimes I go there. I'll have a business meeting there. Sometimes I go there just for fun. Sometimes I go there specifically for something. But the point of it is, it's a bit of fantasy, I think, for everybody. And any New Yorker will probably agree with me. You know, it is an absolute staple of the city. So I started this conversation with Bergdorf's. I'm ending it with Bergdorf's. <laughs> All right. So having said that, um, I think something interesting that I've been seeing a lot of lately and talking about of are spring accessories. So I've done a little spring accessory trend report. I'm going to get to that right after this break. So stay with me on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. Okay, so one of the ways I always tell my clients they can sort of carve out their own style or make something their own, Um, and kind of create their own look is by accessories. And this is something I tell them, some of them are a little afraid of it and some of them are the other extreme and just want to fully, you know, dive into it and over-accessorize. So for me, I like to use this example. Think of accessories as the icing on the cake. So you don't necessarily always need icing. Sometimes the cake is just good plain or maybe not plain, but just on its own. Sometimes you need a little bit and sometimes you need a lot and you need sprinkles and you need frosting and a cherry and all the above. So, um, you know, but it all has to work together. That's the point, right? So therefore, I always say accessories can make or break an outfit. So I think that, um, you know, remembering a few rules 
or guidelines, I should say, is always helpful. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about what's trending. And what I love about it is everything on my list here that is hot for spring is super easy to incorporate into your wardrobe. Um, no, really no explanation necessary. It's not like, you know, well, you got to do this with this and you have to wear this with this. It's really just a matter of what you like and how you want to wear it or what you want to wear it with. And almost everything looks good with anything. So starting off with uh, jewelry, one of my favorites. First of all, I I think it's all it, it's always, it's not always been, it's been lately about the throwbacks. So we're seeing 80s, 90s, even early 2000s. All of that stuff, all those trends are coming back. So keep that in mind as we go through this. This is really nothing new. I also think there's sort of two camps in fashion, the maximalists, the minimalists. And, you know, the first group is, you know, all about prints and color and texture and mixing and blending. The second group is more about clean lines, neutrals, keeping things very simple. And there's a lot of us that kind of sit in the middle. But then there's there are always people like I consider myself a maximalist. <laughs> I do. Um, but it doesn't mean I always dress like that. But if I had to adhere to one camp or the other, that's the camp I'd be on. Um, because I, I just find simplicity somewhat boring. And I think you've got to really um, know how to style someone or style yourself to pull it off and it looks good. I know maybe that sounds harsh. I don't mean to sound harsh, but I just, I'm being frank. You know, I think sometimes people say, well, I am, I don't like too much going on, but the problem is they have too little going on. So, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's play up something. You've got to highlight something. Even it doesn't have to be jewelry. It could be, you know, a lip, a lip, a fabulous lipstick, or it could be your hair. It could be something or feature of yours. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be an item of clothing, but there's got to be something. You can't just be like, you know, beige all day, beige, beige, beige. If you're beige, 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 you better look like, um, I don't know, Kylie Jenner. Let's take her, for example. You know, she can wear beige, but she's not simple, right? But that's because of her body shape and what she does physically to her body to of how it looks. I think she looks great. Um, but that's just an example of someone wearing, you know, one color. By the way, I love beige. I don't want to pick on beige. Love beige. So anyway, so having said all of that, accessories often sort of bridge the gap between those two camps as well. And I think, or it defines them. So it's kind of one or the other. And uh, one of my favorite trends right now for spring is the chain chain link trend. Love, love, love. So yes, think Mr. T all day long. Um, it doesn't have to be as layered as that, but it could be. Again, this is where both camps get satisfied. So it could be just a simpler chain and it needs to be of substance. And when I say that, I'm talking at least maybe half an inch thick. I'm not talking like a simple little delicate chain. I mean a chain link. So it could be maybe half an inch thick and you're wearing just one. It could be really chunky and you're wearing one or you're wearing five. You're layering it with all different things. So um, doesn't matter. Just that chain link is super trendy. And we're seeing a lot of it in gold. So um, whether it's a shiny gold or it's a more matte gold, um, also resin is very popular. Lucite is very popular. So I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. If you, if you have a um, chain link necklace that is lucite and it's in white, it's, it looks beautiful. Alexis Pitar comes to mind right now, the jewelry designer who does this so well. 
Um, so I think it really could be beautiful on a, let's say a plain beige dress. <laughs> um, me on the other hand, I'm layering things like a big chunky chain with a sweatshirt, you know, just to dial it up and kind of swing that sweatshirt from, you know, looks like I'm doing my laundry to, oh, maybe she is going somewhere because she's got it dialed up and I, I've styled it with jewelry. Uh, another thing on the jewelry front, or since we're talking about supersize hoops. Now, hoops is not a new thing. Hoops been around for a long, long time, but they're back and they're back in a very thick, thick way. So it's a thicker hoop. The circumference isn't necessarily the importance. It doesn't matter if it's a smaller little kind of hug your earlobe style or a medium sized hoop. Maybe it's the size of a quarter or maybe the size of a half dollar or the big giant ones. It's more about the thickness. so um, I have a pair I bought last year at J. Crew that I lo- no, I'm sorry, not J. Crew. It was Madewell that I love. So they are, oh gosh, I want to say maybe about the size of a half dollar. Yeah, they're they're a good size hoop for my face. I think they suit me. I wouldn't go much bigger, and it's thick. It's kind of like this: the thickness of a penne pasta. <laughs> yeah, if penne pasta were were a, a hoop, it would be that. And uh, it's a it's a gold, but it's a br- very brushed gold, so almost like a tarnished gold. And I love, love, love them. Um, and I have to say this: I was I've been saying this probably for the past couple of seasons. We see we see so much gold and bronze and shiny and dull, like gold done different ways. And rose gold became really trendy. Wait for this pendulum to swing because it will, and we will start to see the rise of silver jewelry again. Silver jewelry kind of was hot, hot, hot. Maybe 90s, I want to say, 80s, 90s. Gosh, I, don't, I, I remember. I just don't remember when. I want to say late 80s, 90s. And then it kind of died down, and it's just been all about gold, all different forms of gold, brassy, bronzy. Um, but I believe that silver is on the rise, and uh, uh, that's my prediction. So we'll see if that holds true. But um, why not wear it now? Listen, I am a fan of mixing metals. And I know it used to be kind of the rule was, well, do you wear silver? Do you wear gold? Well, it depends on your skin tone. I believe you can do both. Everybody can do both. Yes, one might look better. For me, my skin is olive. I tan easily. Generally speaking, I think gold looks better on me. Sometimes silver's okay, but I generally, maybe I just like it better. However, I do enjoy mixing it as well. So, uh, supersized hoops on the list and silver jewelry is also on the list. And then I love this one. So this is, a, are you ready for this? I wear chains. So I wear, so like the granny chains, you know, that your grandma used to wear little chain to keep her glasses around her neck. Super hot trend right now, done in a cool, hip way. So for this, I want you to, if you're saying, oh my gosh, I can't imagine it, trust me, it's good. Um, And everything from beads to little crystals to uh, Lucite uh, chain link. Um, If you Google search Fendi, Stella McCartney, or Ralph Russo, all three of those have an example of this on their runway. And it was very cool, I have to say. I'm thinking about getting them. I pro- only It's got to be something that doesn't look like it's from the 70s or whenever. It needs to look current. So if I find that, I'll get back to you and let you know about that. All right. Uh, also on my list of spring accessory trend report, headscarves. Love this one. Love this one. Now listen, uh, if you know me or if you follow me on social media, you know that my go-to look when I travel 
into a warm climate. I call it my gypsy look. And I tur- I think I really turn into a gypsy because all I like to wear are loose, flowy, boho-y kind of skirts and dresses. Um, either no shoes because I'm on the beach or big, big, big shoes, extreme. Um, you know, like a big sandal, a big platform um, espadrille and a headscarf and tons of beads and baubles up my arm. Usually like you know, wooden beads or kind of ethnic looking jewelry or something that um, matches, you know, wherever it is I am. So I always have a headscarf on my head. And two reasons. One, I like how it looks. I think it looks fun and cool. Two, I don't have to do my hair. Three, it protects my highlights. So <laughs> I get my hair highlighted. I spend a lot of money on my hair. I don't want the sun to ruin it. So I kind of like doing that. I like playing around with it. There's some um, great tutorials on YouTube, by the way, if you like this look and want to try it so you don't look like a pirate. Um, one trick I could tell you is don't push it too far down the scarf uh, uh, down close to your eyes. You got to kind of push it up a little bit. Um, but there's different ways to do that. So I love a good headscarf. Um, also some examples on the runway were from Saint Laurent, Brandon Maxwell, and Celine. So if you Google search these, you can find some fun examples of headscarves. And last on my list are rope belts. I love this one. So basically just a belt that is a rope, a rope a belt made out of a rope. Um, Stella McCartney, Zimmerman, Dior had examples of all these. So it's that little nautical trend or, or nod to the nautical, nautical world, I should say. Um, I think this is fun. This screams summer and it's super easy. And I'll tell you this, I already have something before I did this. I bought from Zara. Zara th- these are the things you want to look in the, the lower you know price points for. Um, not that I wouldn't wear this again, I just feel like it's a rope belt. I don't want to spend a ton of money on it. I bought mine at Zara a couple of months ago, and I love it. It's sort of that neutral color rope tied into this really cool knot, and um, it's a waist belt, so it goes you know, over something, um, not necessarily one that goes through the loops and holds up your pants. It's definitely more decorative, and um, I have a long torso, so for me, a belt is often a part of my wardrobe or my look for the day. So I have to tell you, I loved my, I think it maybe was 12 bucks, 15 bucks maybe. Um, so yes, Zara has a fantastic rope belt. Um, I've also seen swimwear having, there's a, there's a swimsuit that I am admiring right now. I believe the brand is called Same, S-A-M-E. It's made in Los Angeles. And um, there is a swimsuit. It's a one piece and it comes with this little belt that's a rope. And I thought, oh, that's great. That's so fun. What a great idea. It's a great little um, detail, you know, that's different. And, you know, a, a one piece swimsuit with a belt. I thought, how, how smart is that? And it's made out of rope. So it is quite practical as well. Um, so that is basically it um, for my trend report. I think you can always shop your closet, as I always say, shop your closet first and kind of go through this and pull out. You might have something. You could even take an old rope yourself and just tie it around your, you know, a long maxi dress and boom. Okay, now you've, you've checked that off the list. Um, try a headscarf. Try the oversized hoops. It'll change. It'll lighten your mood. And I think that'll make you feel like you're ready for spring or summer. Um, 
whether you are or you're not. I think it's something to try. Um, and these are all easy. Like I said, there's something for everyone, no matter what your what your camp is, if you're into the more is more or the less is more style uh, or a group of, of fashionistas. I think there's uh, something wonderful about all of this that is all of it is very, very accessible as well. And uh, just check out a few of the websites that I've talked about or mentioned Zara and H&M, um, Target, um, and, you know, to try on some of these, some of these trends and to try them out. They're easy to, to incorporate into your everyday wardrobe, even if it's just jeans and a t-shirt. All right. Having said that, that'll do it for me this week. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH. Oh, oh, oh.